This is KCBX Central Coast Public Radio. I'm Father Ian Dellinger, and I'm playing with food. A summer stroll through the garden is a wonderfully soothing activity. In my case, I had the privilege of walking through a giant 150-acre garden, the San Luis Obispo Botanical Garden. And while most visitors enjoy the beauty and the calm, I was on the hunt for edibles in the garden. Among the trees, the bushes, the flowers, and everything else are bounteous foodstuffs hidden in plain sight. So come along with me on Nature's Food Tour. I'm Chenda Laura. I'm the executive director at the San Luis Obispo Botanical Garden. We're going to take a tour of the not-so-obvious edible plants at the garden. Okay, let's get started. Yeah, let's do this. Great. It's funny because some things are edible, but they don't taste very good. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to keep that in mind. We're going to look in on the orchard. Our orchard contains trees that are valuable, actually. They're of economic importance. And a lot of them are fruit trees or nuts. So we have olives. Well, you know, olives are edible after you brine them yeah. <laughs> and pickle them. They are good, but eating an olive right off the tree is not a good idea. So how do you think they figured that out? I'm not really sure. I don't know the full history of olives, but somebody did. It's like coffee and chocolate as well. It's exactly. like the, all the work you have to do, like mm-hmm. who figured that out? Because originally well, when they were mm-hmm. like, oh, here's this big pod. Yeah. You know? Right. This must be this edible. This must be edible. Somebody <laughs> must have had to try it. And they, I'm sure it was like the necessity was probably the mother of invention for all of the foods that we eat, like acorns. Right behind us, there's a big oak tree. You know, the food that sustained the natives here in the early days. And even now, I mean, acorn flour is making a comeback because it's so high in nutrients. And you have to soak it and boil it and like process it for many iterations and use water to dilute out all the tannins out of it so it's edible. And then dry it, of course. And there's a whole huge process. And I know Brandon Hurd goes through all that. You've had him on the show before. He's fantastic. It's a chestnut, that one. And we actually have harvested chestnuts off it. We have several different types of chestnuts here. There's that one chestnut, and I can't tell the difference between which ones. But there's a lovely tree behind, kind of behind this olive tree. And that one produces amazing chestnuts that I have harvested, like a bag last year, and cooked them up. They're very yummy. Did you (laughs) roast them on an open fire? No. (laughs) No, you know what? That dries them out. The other tree that I really love, and it's beautiful because it's right outside my office when it's in bloom, the almond tree, beautiful almond blossoms, white, the whole tree fills up with white blossoms. About 10 years ago, there was a big, huge controversy. Mm -hmm. Your little sign here says California produces 90% of the almonds in the world Mm -hmm. from these beautiful and ornamental trees. But like 10 years ago, during a previous Mm -hmm. drought, there was like almond gate about how much water the almond trees take. Since this is right outside your office, Mm -hmm. do you have an idea of how much it consumes? The trees are very well established and our watering schedule for established plants, that means after three years old, is every 21 days. That's it. In the summertime when there's no rain. Otherwise, we don't irrigate them. Wow. And they still produce. They still produce. Yep. And they're actually very flavorful that way. Not much water, so they have a lot of flavor in them. Lots of sugars. With the fruit trees, it's Mm -hmm. the same as the vines. If you stress the tree, it produces maybe not as much, but more flavorful fruit. Yes, there's a balance because you don't want them too hard (laughs) and impossible to eat either. So there's that. 
Carob. Remember back in the 90s, carob was such a big thing. I made my kids eat carob. My mom made us eat carob. This yes. was back in the 70s. <laughs> and she was on her health kick, probably the yes. same age as I am now. Yeah. And she was like, carob's so much better for you than chocolate. chocolate exactly. She would give it to us and I'd be like, it's good, but it's not chocolate. Yeah, no, you can't. Like, it doesn't taste the same <laughs> as, yeah, at all. So I'm back to eating chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so let's keep walking. I think if you're desperate, you can get water out of those ice plants. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. There's a lot of water in those succulents. So, I just heard of people eating manzanita pods. They may not be that tasty or robust. This one's tiny. But you'll find manzanita varieties that have bigger berries. Um, near Pozo, there's some amazingly big manzanitas out there. And they have the you know lovely red bark that's fleshy looking that's one of my favorite chunks of any tree and bigger berries are you gonna try the berry right now no <laughs> i'm not <laughs> this one's so desiccated i don't think it has much of anything but like look at that that's so lovely this tree is it's called a strawberry fruit and strawberry bush they are edible those pods right there I'll, I'll only eat one because they're not that tasty <laughs> but if you're desperate <laughs> Or have different taste buds. Or have different taste buds, you're correct. This is one of our really amazing specimens at the garden. It's the bay tree. And this is the European bay that people use in cooking. Okay, so I know that we're not supposed to eat California bay leaves, right? And that's in mm -hmm. the middle of the freeways, right? Yeah. And yeah, that's a different bay laurel. I just assume it was the same kind of plant. This is a giant tree. This is like 25 yes. foot tall tree. Yes. It does very well here. It definitely loves it here. That's why I'm telling you it's like a really lovely specimen that we have in the display garden. This is KCBX Central Coast Public Radio. I'm Father Ian exploring the botanical gardens with Executive Director Chenda Lohr to discover the not-so-obvious edible plants growing all around us. On our short walk, we ran into the founder of the botanical gardens who has a surprise for us. Okay. You guys want to meet Eve? Yeah. Eve and John Kramer. Hey, Eve! Hello. Meet Father Ian, and we're walking around and I'm showing him all the not-so-obvious edibles and obvious edibles, like the, the, this is the fig, fig tree. tree. This is our yeah. historic fig tree. So, usually I will ask people, do you have any idea what this flower is? This has an absolutely beautiful white-pink flower. It's a, the caper. The capers that you buy in the supermarket in the little jars pickled. What part of the plant do you actually eat? The berry. Wrong. <laughs> but they're called caper berries. But they are called caper berries. But what is actually picked and pickled are the immature flower buds. Just like the fig. Right. Yes. So if you leave a fig on the tree, it will bloom? Now, no. this is really it's tricky. Not your typical blossom. Actually, the fig, the blossoms are inside. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, sometimes when you crack open a fig that you would like to eat, you'll see some little bugs in them. They're actually pollinating those flowers inside the fig. The fig never really opens as a flower all of the pollination occurs inside. So these are the different types of berries. Sometimes you see these bigger, longer, elongated buds. And then these are like the immature buds that you see that are right. more typical. But it's... I have seen these in restaurants. I have two. The really posh ones are the, yeah, big, the, bigger, the bigger ones. ones. You know, so over here, well, we have our manzanitas, all different types of manzanita over here on our left. 
and we were just talking about the manzanita berries being edible. Absolutely, they are. Now you're welcome to try one. Uh, I have, and thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I understand that the original people that lived here did use them for teas and such, but I cannot swear to that. So if you try to eat them, there's not a whole lot other than a very large pit. So right now, I think we need to go to the children's garden. So should they? Yeah, sure. Okay. The children's garden is full of edibles that you wouldn't normally think were edible, right? We have a lot of society garlic. This whole pathway is lined with those purple flowers. It's a wild garlic and you can eat all parts of it. So when we do our um, summer camp, we have the kids come out and they harvest society garlic to put on their pizzas because we always do a pizza unit because we have that pizza oven right behind us. You can smell that. Oh, yes, wow. it's pretty amazing. And wow. when you walk through here and you like brush the flowers and the leaves, you'll go home smelling like garlic. <laughs> it doesn't smell like garlic garlic. It smells like something else. I mean, it's a really oh, beautiful smell. Like, and I just got a whiff of yeah. it. Yeah. It's a it's really beautiful of, smell. It's kind of in between a garlic and a chive. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. My mom used to make us like a omelet with chives. And so you with that. I would, yeah. I think it would work. What if you got some mayonnaise and some sour cream and made, you know, yeah, you have... Yeah, chive, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Or sour cream dice it up and put it on your potato. Totally can do that. So does it bulb? It does. There are bulbs underneath. And do you eat the bulbs or just I, the leaves? I have not tried eating the bulbs. They're not very big bulbs. They're smaller. I'm sure they're good. When we finish, can mm -hmm. I take some home and play with it and see what I can do? Yes. Geraniums are also edible and they're very fragrant. Here, let me pick a leaf for you. This one is pretty mild, the smell. Yeah, my mom used to always have geraniums when yeah. I was a kid and I hated them because they smelled awful, but that yeah. doesn't smell like that. No, my boyfriend, John, he doesn't like geraniums either, but then I introduced him to the strawberry geranium and it's got really subtle little purple pinkish leaves. Oh, smell this. Ooh, that's lovely. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. Wouldn't you want that in your tea or your water? And of course this is oregano. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Stick it up your nose. <laughs> Behind us here look like miniature strawberries. They're trailing strawberries. So you can see these runners and that's how they propagate themselves. They just keep running. And then these little individual shoots that will, will root down and become another plant. They're the wilder type of strawberries that have little, really little strawberries that come out of it, and but they're super flavorful. And when you find them along the trail when you're hiking, you're like, yes, trailing strawberries, you get to stop and have a snack. Do you recognize this bush? No. It's a shrub. It's got kind of silverly, waxy leaves. It is a pineapple guava bush. Oh. And you can see the little buds here that will turn into fruit. It's like a guava that is like the shape of a pineapple. So it's more elongated than the familiar guava. And I've only seen them in this area. Their fruit is really tasty and very prolific. I have two bushes at my house in, in San Luis Obispo and it just makes a mess because I can't harvest it fast enough. You're listening to KCBX Public Radio for the Central Coast. I'm Father Ian, and as I walk through the botanical gardens with Chendal Lore looking for edible plants, we have a brief conversation about how plentiful the harvest is. Speaking of harvesting, mm -hmm. you've got all of these fruit trees, and you've mm -hmm. mentioned that you've harvested some stuff and, mm -hmm. and taken it home. Do the staff actually do a harvest mm -hmm. and distribute that food? Right now, our trees are not producing that much. It's enough for our visitors to check out. 
and volunteers when they the volunteers come they do you know some of them know where the stashes are that they get cleaned up that way but eventually i would love to have a food forest that we can share glean slow would be great to partner up with for them to come here and help us clean up right win-win yeah, great partnership are you familiar with this lovely plant that sometimes grows like a weed no it's the nasturtium and we're gonna have to taste one okay okay and uh, the whole plant is edible Yes, he's going to eat this lovely orange flower. Delicate. I think you'll like it. I'm still afraid of edible flowers. It's an irrational fear Mm -hmm. of edible flowers. So here goes. Yeah. Oh, good job overcoming that. It's nice. It is nice. I love it in my salads. Not only does it dress it up, it's lovely to have flowers in your Mm -hmm. salad. And then, can I but go it all also, can yeah, I go you all can away? eat the whole thing. Ooh, whoa! Yeah, and then you get whoa. that. <laughs> I was gonna warn you about it, but I, but I didn't need to. It's got a zing to it. Yes. I like the zing. Mm-hmm. It is it's good, just, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a wasabi zing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it. Kicks you in the end. It's like a radish. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't gone through this herb spiral. Uh, I would love herbs. an herb spiral at my yes, house. Yes, we but have. I can't keep anything alive. Lemon thyme. And it smells mm, lemony. Of course, we have a lot of lavender. What's this? Oh, it's hops it's a, or barley. It uh, looks like no, it. it, it's an oregano that's in bloom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is this another sage? This is lamb's ear. It makes a really great soft toilet paper. <laughs> but it's not edible. No. There's spearmint. The mint's right here. Oh. That's edible. That will take over the whole bed if we let it. So I think the volunteers are on top of that one. We're walking around the sage meadow, and you can guess what's around the sage meadow. All sage? types of sage. Yes. So we've got several different types of sage here. What's the most common? Because these two different types of sage are yeah, very I different. I think that one and is the most one, right? common. Yeah, black sage, and there's white sage. There's this purple variety that I... Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like... Uh, excuse me if this mm-hmm. is offensive. It's yeah. kind of like rotten sage. Oh. The smell. Mm-hmm. I'm still smelling the strawberry geranium. <laughs> it totally ruined my finger, like Tamsin, in my nose. And so sage is an excellent herb. Some of it has medicinal properties. Like this one is the, the lovely white sage. It's in bloom right now with beautiful purple flowers. And the kind of furry leaves are um, really fragrant. When it's not in bloom, it's more grayish. And it's a lot leatherier, really thick. And it's got an oil on it that makes a great decongestant. Oh. Yeah, and it just happens to be that way during the winter time. So it's like, you know, flu season, congestion season and stuff. So I come out here and pick a leaf and put it in my water. It could be hot or cold water, and it'll still be able to help you pass things through. Good. Well, I have like constant phlegm in my throat. Yeah. Would that work that, for that? It would help. Yeah, you just put it in your water or your tea and yeah, just drink from it. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and of course we have milkweed here. We let milkweed grow wherever we can. Milkweed for butterflies. So we have a few pine trees here that were planted when the, it was before the garden started along Dairy Creek Road. Of course, pine trees, some varieties will have pine cones that are big enough for pine nuts. Yes. Pine nuts come from pine cones. I did not know that. (laughs) Yes. And there's a variety I know. There's one that makes really big pine cones near Margarita Lake. I've heard of friends actually being able to pop them open and be able to harvest some pine nuts out of them. The vast majority of this country is covered by pine trees. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming that a lot of them are the pine nut bearing pine trees. Why are they so expensive? 
because I think the harvesting mechanism is really difficult because they're tiny, teeny, tiny little nuts and each nut has a covering around it that is very hard shell. So I think harvesting them is very tedious. That's what you're probably paying for. This is another radio show. Yes, <laughs> it is. It really is. I think that would we be can a find really a, fun one. A pine yeah. nut harvester on the Central Coast. Now put the word out there. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll ask around. But we can see some, some pine cones over here. And I haven't tried to harvest the nuts out of these cones yet. Every pine cone has to reproduce, and each nut is another seed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're desperate out there in the wilds and need some protein and fat, that's a good source. Pine nuts. I did indeed take home some society garlic. I made a classic sour cream and chive dip for chips, substituting the society garlic leaves for the chives. I served it to my niece and her boyfriend. I made the dip earlier so the flavors could meld and do all that fun stuff. Okay. Are we ready? Let's yes. Pick whatever type of chip you want and give it a taste. Mmm. Ooh. I like that. It does have it's the the aftertaste especially is kind of garlicky. It kind of like lingers and has that yeah. that like garlicky aftertaste. There is fresh garlic in it. The recipe called for garlic oh. and lemon. Okay. And it tasted I tasted it right after I made it and it tasted very lemony and garlicky. I like it. Yeah. Can I try just some? Uh, yeah, just try some. Try some. Yeah, it has like a pepperiness to it. Yeah. Kind of like arugula or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Like garlic yeah. flavored arugula. Yeah, yeah. And Chenda gave me a bunch of lemon verbena that the gardeners had dropped off. With the dried leaves, I made cupcakes and took them over to Sister Lisa and Sister Greta at the Community of Divine Love. Okay, so there's lemon in the cupcake, so you'll have to tell me whether or not you can taste something additional. And you kind of have is to it the it. green flecks? It's the green flecks. So what I did is I took the dried leaves, the recipe mm -hmm. called for fresh leaves, but I took the dried leaves and I crumbled them up in a mortar and pestle and... Put it into the cupcake. And have you tasted this? Yet? I have not. We're okay, tasting it all so this together. Is it. Yeah, all drum, drum, roll. drum roll. Drum roll. One, two, three. <laughs> I like the lemon flavor. Can you taste the verbena? Not really, but let me try again. Okay, they are definitely dry. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. I made them five days ago. Oh, that's oh. why. Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought I was going to be, you know, delivering them the, the next day. No, I don't think so. You don't, you can't taste the verbena? Can you? I taste a little bit of a different flavor in here, and that might be it. It's a little twigs. <laughs> it's kind of like a little bit bitter. <laughs> a little bit. Can you taste that? Twiggy, a twig, a little bit after. It. And you know what? This would taste better if you popped it in the microwave for like mm. 20 seconds and heated it up. Oh, I'll take that. It's definitely softer. It's squishier, like a mm -hmm. like a sponge rather mm -hmm. than. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry, but it's it was a bit hard. Now it's less hard. Did it bring out the lemon verbena flavor? It's it has maybe more green something. Okay. I would say maybe so. It's subtle. Tastes it would green. have more flavor if it wasn't dry. Thank okay. you, sister, <laughs> for that affirmation <laughs> for the fifth or sixth. No, I meant the leaves. Cupcakes. Oh, the leaves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you meant the cupcake, too. <laughs> I meant the leaves would be more maybe robust. Yeah. I think that you need to try this again I mean, with fresh leaf, the fresh leaves. Okay. Greta, I think you're right. I just ate a piece of green by itself. 
It's kind of perfumey. So the lemon verbena cupcakes weren't a rousing success. The staff at the botanical gardens were much more affirming. Wandering through the botanical gardens was yet another eye-opening experience of just how much edible bounty there is here on the Central Coast. The recipe opportunities are endless. And that's why I love playing with food. Okay, there we go. <laughs> okay. This is KCBX Public Radio for the Central Coast. I'm Father Ian, and I'm playing with food.